The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Our usual, you know. Sure, we do. Do not. We go an hour and a half we are every not, time. We are not required to do that. There is no law. Um, I'll write one. Oh, crap. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt, sitting across from Mr. Timothy Harvey. Hello there. And we are drinking coffee from a very nice, very nice, very nice, brand new. Uh, what would we call these? Metal travel mugs? Metal travel mugs, With yeah. uh, the Sci-Fi For Me logo on them. A gift from uh, a friend, listener. Uh, contributor. Teammate, contributor, yes. Uh, a supporter on our Patreon. Yes. Uh, just likes what we do. Wanted to congratulate us on our 100th episode. I got it right that time. I didn't say anniversary. Our 100th episode, <laughs> so we've got our, our, our metal travel mugs. So it actually kind of fits... Uh, the sign that Ray I know. made us, yeah. Since you know it's that burnished metal type, uh, we're 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 doing pretty good. Well, yeah, we got some cool we got some cool cool people. Yeah, who like us? We're in tall cotton, except we don't have any money. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I'm doing my taxes. We're doing all right this. Now. <laughs> oh, I haven't even done mine yet. Well, that's why I'm, I'm doing mine because I'm like, oh yeah, eleven days. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I have been up. Today is mm-hmm. that we record these on Thursday. I have been awake since 3.45 a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. I have gone nonstop. I have yet to uh, – my lazy eye has not kicked in yet, so I'm not I, – I haven't hit the wall yet. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's coming. It may happen in the middle of this episode, folks. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I have now been awake – for um what what is it it's now it's now 20 I, i've been awake for 18 no it's 2100 345 yeah eight, 18 hours close to 18 hours out of 24 yeah and i'm on four hours of sleep yeah so if you face plant <laughs> yeah it you, if all of a sudden you hear <laughs> then you'll know what happened. And folks, I will I will get the camera out and we will take pictures and they'll go up on our our Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because at that point he'll have face planted into the keyboard, which means this the, the, the recording will just go right out. Right. <laughs> okay. So um tonight's episode is probably going to be a little bit more abbreviated since um I I'm I'm just fried. Well, not on the mat. You're actually you're actually working. You're doing this because you're you got you got. I am. Yes. Uh, I had an opportunity uh, present itself a while back. Now, my in my day job, uh, I am a media producer. I do I do media stuffs, make TV commercials and web videos. And I got a call a while back from somebody who's looking for production assistance for this documentary series that's going to run on MTV. Hey, MTV. Speaking of which, our our uh, our MTV game show uh, is actually live and out in the world. Our MTV game show. The one we worked on. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Bin, binge, 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 think, binge thinking. thinking. Uh, yes. The premiere episode was on f- The Philly. Yeah, Philadelphia. Saturday? Philadelphia Saturday? episode. Saturday? Monday. Uh, Friday. Friday night. Friday. Okay, there Friday, we go. That's first. Right. Yeah. I'm waiting for our Kansas City episode to show up. Not very, very um, energetically waiting, but... Uh, we're, not, we're not game show guys. 
No. No. And so it's it's it was you know it's always nice to work on a project and work with, with work with some of the folks coming in from out of town. Yeah, see what's going on. See what's going on. But but at the same time, it's like. I'm not going to watch the show. Probably not. <laughs> no. no, we're not the dar- we're not we're the not target the, we're, demographic. We're also not the target. Yeah, we're yeah. we're about 20 years older than the target I know, demographic. I know. Some of the some of the people that are working on this crew, I'm sitting there going, "Really? You're so young." I had we had one one production assistant that's half my age. I have resisted the urge. Oh well. Oh, okay. Uh, Paradox City. The, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, the, the, yep. the, I'm the art director. Art director for this project, and and I am. The with with the exception of one of the actors, I am the oldest crew member. And considering that you know he's a professional working actor who is you know, yeah, and he's on set for like two days, <laughs> and the rest of it's like I'm the oldest person here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all just want to reach around and pat them on the head. They're so cute, and you know it's like oh you guys are yeah. And they don't. Yeah. They don't like that. Oh no! 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 no. no. It's, it's the young people today do not wish to be condescended to, as I know, yeah, which well, nobody and, does. And I and I sit here and I was talking to a couple of people. There were they had a they had a guy come in. The, the The show is investigating various different cases of wrongful convictions sure. and stuff. And uh, earlier this week, they brought in a guy who's an arson investigator, but he investigates the investigations. Oh yeah, okay. So he's yeah, not yeah. an actual arson investigator like Robert De Niro on backdraft type of investigator. Right. He looks into the cases to see if there's anything hinky mm-hmm. about him. And he's very enthusiastic about this. He thinks this is this is all so cool, right? Mm-hmm. He's asking all sorts of questions. And I was explaining to him when I got into this business, we were on three quarter inch tape. Right, yeah. And the cameras were thirty, thirty five, forty pounds apiece mm-hmm. and the recording decks were separate units that hung from a strap around your shoulder, right. and they were 30, 40, 45 pounds apiece. And your cameras your and your, your tape was limited. You know, these days you shoot on digital media. You could just shoot forever. Right. You're, you're, you're relying on a battery power. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah, your... exactly. And you have, no, you have no limit on your resource outside of uh, storage capacity of the disks and your batteries. Which I think sometimes works to the detriment of the project because if you're just shooting just to shoot, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that's never going to get used. Well, it's also mean to your editor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, plus plus the people that are having to take notes on everything that gets said so you can find your story in the midst of all of this. Right. You know, I mean, because your producers, your people that are out in the field, they've got their priorities on what they want to have happen with the show, right? And then you have your post-production people who are going to have completely different priorities, and then you've got your network people who are going to have another set of priorities. It's going to be interesting to see how this show turns out. But say all that, I have been working 12-hour days, Mm -hmm. which starts at different times depending on what's going on that day. And I have made more trips to the airport in the last week than I have probably the entire time I've been up in Kansas City. It's just, I mean... Go to the airport, take people to the airport, bring people back, take them back. You know, we we threw we threw half the crew onto a plane this morning for uh, a a single day shooting in San Antonio, and then they're coming back. So it's just been one of those. You know, every time I turn around, we're going somewhere, right? Right. So I'm I'm wiped. I I'm very very surprised that I'm even coherent at this point. It's been an interesting experience to say the least. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not. Hating the 
the time that it, that I'm putting in. But uh, you know, just to watch some of these people react the way they react to certain situations, it's been very educational. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. No. That's... <sighs> okay. Um, so the, the 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 reason for all this is that we may not go our usual length tonight, just because. Yeah, there was our digression. There to was explain our digression. Our, yeah, our, our, yeah. maybe a little um, shorter tonight. Tonight, what the where well, where shall we start? Well, we, we, have... should, we should probably start with the big news today, which is a trailer dropped. Yeah. For a film that no one's going to want to see. Right. Completely. I, mean, I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. There's who's just... going to be in the theater in December? Uh, yeah, because it just it doesn't it doesn't look interesting at all. I mean, I'm I'm I personally I'm thinking to myself, why bother? Yeah. You know? um, oh wait, no, uh, that's not that film. That, this would be the new Star Wars film. Um, and the new, uh, the, in many ways, a film that was almost, obviously not as, as, as big a deal when, uh, when you look at the, you know, The Force Awakens, right? Because right. decades between, <laughs> you know, the sequel to the original trilogy, all these things, that, I mean, the, the, the pressure, the, the, the expectations, all these things, you know, were so huge. But in some ways, this is the film that tells people whether or not the franchise is a viable thing. Because if you, yeah, I see, I see, I see your point here. Because this is this is stepping away from the sequels. This is not a prequel. This is this is this is a well. It is a prequel. Um. Hmm. But it's but it's sort of a standalone prequel. Exactly, it doesn't go into a trilogy. It doesn't fit into a trilogy. Of course, we're talking about Rogue One, yeah, a Star Wars story. And what's interesting about watching this? When I saw I saw the trailer was up, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this. And, but then I start thinking about the fact that this this is the one that actually matters mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone everyone was going to Force Awakens, right? Okay. And the Force Awakens really. The purpose that it served, it served two two purposes. One, to reassure everybody that the people working on this stuff get it. Right. That's the that's the first. And two, to get Han Solo out of the way. <laughs> because well, Harrison it, Ford has been working on that for thirty years now. Well, and it turns out it turns out that getting it, the, the importance of them getting it, turns out to be a big deal. And we all you have to do is look at the people who didn't, and you, you're included. People who didn't like Abrams' take on Star Trek, um, and then we have the we have the Warner Brothers, uh, seemingly not capable of understanding what they've got with with the DC characters. On in the in the although in the I films. saw some I saw some comments to the effect of uh, basically, oh, Zack Snyder wants to make the Fountainhead. This explains so much. Well, and it, it to some degree it does. If you are looking, and then you know, and that's another conversation. That is another yeah, conversation, but it, but it does, but it does actually, it does. It's it's a perspective thing, and it's a worldview thing, and it's a concept of what uh, heroes, what what constitutes a hero, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so that is that is a conversation to have at another point, but. So it turns out that's a big deal, and it's kind of like it's. And we see it a lot with reboots and remakes. Anyway, you, you, you know, we've got the, the the horror for me site. There have been a lot of horror remakes that miss yeah. the point um, and lose what's scary. And just because just because you have a thing and you can do a thing, 
Doesn't mean you should do the thing, right? Right. So we, we, we watched Force Awakens, and we're all just like, okay, all right, yes, I feel good about this. I, yeah, okay, yes, it's, it's in many ways, it's a new hope, beat for beat. Kind of. And it's, you know, but it's, but it's familiar, and it's comfortable, and it sets things up. It, well, gives, it gives us the universe and the idea that we we're in the right universe now. And, you know, I don't think they could have done a, a, a different kind of movie. I mean, really, coming back to to earn to earn the ownership of the franchise, they would not have been able to do any other kind of movie at this point. This is well. This is kind of like okay. I've said before in various different different times. If you're telling a superhero story, mm-hmm. and if you have that one superhero story that you're just dying to tell, mm-hmm. you always have to tell the origin story first. If you're introducing a character to the medium, like Batman, you know, or or Spider Man, or right. you know, any of those, where you know, hey, this is the first movie that we've had in what twenty years, forty years, a decade, or you know, however sure, long, sure, right? right? Or if it's brand new, like Wonder Woman, you know, it's going to be an origin story because that's what you do. Sure. Superman seventy eight was a was an origin story, so you could get to Zod in two. You know, right. Batman Begins. You tell the origin story, so then you can go and tell the Joker story. So, uh, you know, inevitably, if you're going to tell the, if you've got this one burning story, I just really want to tell this story. In order to be able to do that, you first have to set it up with an origin story, or you know, some sort of an introductory thing. To earn your stripes and earn your credibility with the fans, and then you can take them wherever you want to go next with this with these characters. And I think that's what you had to do with the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens is basically that origin story of sorts. It's it's Rey's origin. It's Kylo Ren's origin, yes, but it, it's still a sequel. But it's that setup story. I have to tell this story first before I tell the story I want to tell. I, yes, I, I would. I would say that's definitely the case. But it also had the additional wrinkle of us there being a a, a reaction to the Lucas prequels, mm-hmm. and a sense that we had gone away from what made, and that just reinforced why they had to do that particular type of story right. first. So we had to, not only did they have to prove that they got it and and reintroduce the world, but they had to sit there and go, no, no. We really got it. Yeah, we, you know we're we are not mucking around here. We're this is you know we're not this is not a trade federation politics or you know whatever it is. Um, and they did. I think they you know it worked. It, it really worked. I'm excited to see the next one. But here comes along a film which is a standalone, set in the same universe. Um, it's a prequel to the original trilogy, and. They're planning on doing more of these. There's, there's the idea is that they're gonna, you know, it's the ex, it's the movie expanded universe. And so if you if you can't if you can get the main storyline, that's great, that's fine. But if you're going to do a whole bunch of spinoff movies, then you have that the first one out of the gate has got to be right. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, which could very well be why they're doing this particular one because there is some familiar territory. There is that proximity in uh, chronological terms 
to the first Star Wars movie because this takes place right before. So you're going to get – again, it's another Death Star story. Sure. But Rogue One, of course, is the story. For those of you who have been hiding under a rock, if you've been over in uh, in Timbuktu somewhere or, 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 or uh, on an island <laughs> – on the this moon, is, the, yeah, or, you know, you know, vacation in Belize or Costa Rica or something. the The story is this group that steals the plans to the Death Star. And we heard about them in yeah. in Star Wars. And no, they were not the Bothans. The Bothans stole the plans to the second Death Star before Return of the Jedi. Right. People keep getting that mixed up, and many of them died. I know. Yes, but that's not this story. Right. Which, however, this story is. What have you done with the plans? Yeah. On the other hand, uh, uh, the implication is that many, many of, these of them will, yeah. will die as well. So Felicity Jones shows up on this on this trailer, mm-hmm. and there's a voiceover and there's narration about how she's you know scum, rebel scum, criminal scum, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. She's got a record, and I'm not listening to any of that because she walks into the base on Yavin. Yeah, and I, I was like, and, 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 it's and Yavin. Who's who's the actress playing Mon Mothma? I don't know because she looks just like her. I know. I it was, was like, so, like it's the casting. That was perfect. that was such a surprise to see her because I didn't. I did. I, what, what? What? Yeah. You know, because she's walking into the base on Yavin. Yavin mm-hmm. for, and I'm I'm reacting to Yavin. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm I, I had to look at it a couple of different times to see what was going on in the trailer because I'm looking at the set mm-hmm. and to see how close where did they get it right? Right? You know, that's that fidelity to the history of the, sure, of the film. Sure. And then she walks into the control room where the 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 tub, yeah. you know, the, the the display unit, the big display table is sitting there and it was like ah, wait, wait. <laughs> and then the screen behind her, you know, where the guys the oh, guys yeah, were looking at this was like ah, wait. And I'm looking and I'm going back and forth trying to see did they get it right? And that's the question. I don't care I don't care about the trailer yet. You know, I I still, you know, first couple of reactions, first time looking through it, I'm looking at the details. Did they get the details? Right, yeah. You know? And then the next time through, I'm like, man, I really wish she was Bria Theron. <laughs> you know, <laughs> from the Han Solo books that yeah. Anne Crispin wrote. Because that would have been a nice little nod to Anne. Because those were good books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it would have also helped tie into the Han Solo origin story that we're going to get because we're going to get that. Right. Not like anybody's going to ask him for it, but that's on the way. But I was like, yeah, it's too bad she's not Bria Theron. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> but Still, this looks good. Oh, it looks really good. And um, and I, putting that super, putting the super laser into the Death Star, oh, that yeah. one shot, and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. There are so many. There are so many neat little moments. You know, it's like, um, you know, isn't this a rebellion? I rebel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just who and, and, and seeing Mon Mothma, Mon Mothma at the table. I'm like, oh, she's in this. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> well, and, and we we get new storm new stormtrooper designs. We mm-hmm. get to, we get to see uh, walkers. We get to see. I'm sorry. Uh, when I say walkers, I don't mean zombies. No, That's no, a different no, show. no. The the original, right? Yeah, and a, a new villain, which doesn't look like it could possibly be Tarkin. 
because he looks too. And we we don't get a close up or anything. It's it's all distant shots. It's it's Mads Mikkelsen, I think. Yeah, it, it? I, yeah. I think so. And it, it can't be Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, no, but he is going to be in the movie, right? So, and but, I think they're getting the actor that played him at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And doing the doing the face capture digital replacement, right? Which was, I believe, that was Wayne Pegram from Farscape. Yeah, and they're going to put they're going to put Peter Cushing's face on it, right? So it's actually going to be Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, thirty years after he died, yeah, or twenty years, or however long it's been after you know how long he's been dead. Yeah, about that long. Yeah, yeah, I know it's so weird. Oh yes. So it's it's visually it's. It's very much what you want it to be. It's it has that texture, it has that depth, and yeah, and it's got that lived-in look. Yeah, which is very very important, and, and what I think that many people really reacted poorly to the the prequels, the Lucas prequels, because it didn't have that. It didn't feel like that. It felt too shiny, too clean. It, yeah, well, it was it was for me the CGI was too processed. It was overdone. One of the things that. I have seen various discussions back and forth on how you make CGI work mm-hmm. is that you don't do it perfect. It has to be dirty. There has to be smudges and there has to be defects and imperfections because otherwise it's it's too cleanly rendered and the eye oh, sure. naturally goes to the stuff that doesn't look right. And right. that's all the CG. Well, and it's, it was very much, it's, it's, it's the Jurassic Park argument. Mm-hmm. Because the first Jurassic Park, when they built all the dinosaurs, and when you think about it, there, there are, the majority of the dinosaurs you actually see on camera, screen time-wise, are puppets. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're prosthetics. They're, they're, they yeah. built the they're top physical. half. They built the top half of a raptor. Um, but for your CG shots... They did them, and they realized they looked too clean, and so they had to blur the edges. Yeah, because your eyes look at that, and they it it's flattening it, and it mm-hmm. makes it look it, it loses the depth. No matter how good your modeling is, that's one of the things that I run into in uh, in doing uh, photo composites. Mm-hmm. So if I'm you know taking pictures of cosplayers or whatnot, I'm going to put them on the roof of Gotham City or flying sure. through mm-hmm. the air or whatnot, right? The edges you do green screen. But all of that's got to go away. Right. And what that does is it leaves you with a very, very hard line all the way around the pieces that you keep. Mm-hmm. And one of the last things that I do is take take the blur tool in, in Photoshop and I just blur around the edges to feather it in because sure. that that you're right. It does look it's, – it's like video. Video is real sharp. Mm-hmm. And there's no depth in the image because you have no depth in the medium that's recording that image. Right. With, whereas yeah. with film, you've got layers, mm-hmm. and the layers react to the light differently, and that's what gives you that texture that film has that nobody else – whether you're digital or not, it's still not exactly the same. Sure. You can get close, but – You get close, yeah. And and a lot of people are sitting there going, digital is almost, almost there, but it's never going to actually be 100% there. True. So but, – yeah, but, but looking at this – trailer today i got excited oh yeah like this is actually good looking pretty good i didn't have the same reaction to this as the, as the first star wars trailer when we get the well know, sure yeah when the millennium falcon shows because up. that's an emotional connection we've talked about that before that, that there's an emotional especially for the folks who saw it in the theater when they were kids um and grew up with it there's that emotional 
punch that that comes with with that and the swell of the music. But I tell you what, um, stripping down stripping down the music to a piano, an echoey piano, and a, recorded in what is clearly a much bigger room than than mm-hmm. was really creepy. And when you consider that this is you know essentially the story of a doomed mission, a successful doomed mission, right? Um, there's something about hearing that weird echoey piano, what five notes, da da, like five or six notes. Yeah, and I was just like going a little bit of chill, a little bit, a little well, bit of chill at the back and of my head. We don't get, we don't see Tarkin in this. We don't no, we see, don't. we don't see Darth Vader. Mm-mm. We know they're going to figure in. We don't know how much. Right. Um, nothing. Nothing that seems to indicate that any of the rebels animated cast are here yet. True, that we yeah. know of. Um, Ahsoka, no sign of her, Mm-mm. and there's not gonna be. Yeah, right. You can just you you just you know lay that aside now because any trailer for Rogue One is not going to give that away. No, if oh. she's in the movie, are you kidding? I mean, they're not gonna doomsday it. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Wonder Woman. Mm, yeah. We we can move to that. Wonder when the date has changed, the release date. Warner Brothers has moved it up. I don't think they've moved it up because they're excited about the DC universe. They moved it up because of two things. They they switched it. Um, it was originally going to be June twenty third of twenty seventeen. It is now June second because Jungle Book, the Andy Circus motion capture version not right. John Favreau's version that's currently out the circus jungle book is being pushed back to 2018 right and so that freed up the June 23rd or, or rather the June 2nd date so they moved Wonder Woman off of June 23rd to get it away from Transformers 5 right so right now the only thing on that weekend against Wonder Woman is going to be Bad Boys 3 I think a Barbie movie <laughs> and Captain Underpants. I don't think she's going to have very much competition, which is how Warner Brothers likes it. Well, in this particular case, I like it too because yeah. I want I want people to go see the Wonder Woman movie no matter what. You know, after seeing her in Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. I want to see that movie. I think. I mean, even just. This, her performance, the production design we've seen just from the stills and whatever little clips of video that have popped up from mm-hmm. shooting, yeah, uh, looks looks like fun, and and I think it's going to be a really interesting story they're going to play with, and um, I tell you, you know, <laughs> it's actually it's actually a storyline that actually the grim dark could conceivably work because it's a war story, and she's a warrior, she's a warrior princess dropped into World War One, and if you're gonna if you wanted if you wanted to play with grim storylines, I will make a prediction now that. Even in World War One, oh, it's going to be much cheerier. There will be more color. <laughs> It'll be brighter. Yeah. If nothing else, lighting style. Yeah. Um, I'm. I think you could. It's a character you can actually play that with. That you can actually mm-hmm. do that stuff with in the context of because they've, you know, the 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 for those of you who've managed to to skip out on Batman versus Superman, the premise is established here that Wonder Woman's a lot older than she looks. Yeah. And that's fine. Great. I'm awesome. I'm on board. She's an immortal. And Ish. 
give me give me more of this. She was great in the film. I enjoyed her. She was she she smiled and and had a great fight scene and she screams well and kicks butt and and I would have sat there and just you know give me five more minutes of her fighting Doomsday and be like okay cool keep going. Well, <laughs> give her the spear. I know. <laughs> Spoiler. That was such a stupid. Uh, but uh, so I'm excited about that. So I'm glad. I'm I'm actually glad that they moved it up because it's hey it's, it's that much quicker. Um, because I think that's a, that's a between that and Suicide Squad, they, DC has a chance to actually Warner Brothers like has a chance to actually do some course correction here. Yeah. Just just in the in the fact that they're not playing with the big boys, they're playing with the um, you know they're they're playing with the big girl in in DC. Uh, but Suicide Squad obviously is more is not is not that at all. So. Well, and and you know Suicide Squad being the the ensemble piece, Wonder Woman's the first solo thing. But in that announcement also. We have the addition of two more DC movie, uh, DC comics movies mm-hmm. with no titles. Right, they're just dates. So Suicide Squad, the, the way that it lines up now, Suicide Squad's coming out August fifth mm-hmm. of this year. Wonder Woman, June second, twenty seventeen. Justice League Part One, November seventeenth of twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. The Flash, March of twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, July twenty eighteen. Untitled DC film October 5th, 2018. That's mm-hmm. three in 2018. Right. Shazam, April 5th, 2019. Uh, last we heard, New Line Cinema was doing that one. So it, it's possible that some of these other, these untitled ones, maybe right. maybe they're New Line productions. Could be, yeah. Which means maybe Justice League Dark is in there somewhere? Possibly. Maybe. Um, Shazam, April 2019. Justice League Part 2, June 2019. Untitled DC film, November 2019. Again, there's three in that year. Cyborg, April 3rd, 2020. Green Lantern, June 19th, 2020. Now, notable on that one is, according to the article, it's Green Lantern. When earlier this year, it was Green Lantern Corps. Right. Prior to that, it was Green Lantern. So either this is the old title, and somebody just wasn't paying attention... Or Warner Brothers has gone back to Green Lantern instead of Green Lantern Corps. Hmm. Well, and I'm fine either way. Yeah, it's just as it's, long as we get Kilowog. Yeah, <laughs> and that's all I care about. As long as we don't overcram the story. Well, I want to see Kilowog. I want to see Captain Twee. As long as we don't overcram the story. Give us, give us a military science fiction. Story where we introduce the core space cops, space cops. Yep, that's what it is. And or or give you, know, give, give, you know what you do with Green Lantern is you do a brighter version of Training Day. Oh sure, yeah. you know John Singleton's movie Training mm-hmm. Day, where um, Denzel Washington's character it's is Sinestra. Sinestra, right? And uh, that's what that movie is. Oh sure. Well, and it could very easily yeah, you could very easily do that, or or you set it up so that Sinestro is one of the heroes of the entire thing, and you have your arc as your villain arc and your hero arc play side by side. So you you think about you know you, I'm fine with that too. You know you always think of these things as trilogies, right? Right. Well, see that's how that's how Emerald Dawn two did the right. the six part. There was a six part mini miniseries that reintroduced the origin of of, of Green Lantern post crisis. Right. You had Emerald Dawn, mm-hmm. which was him. Finding the ring, getting the ring, learning how to do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Emerald Dawn 2 
was Sinestro training Hal Jordan right. and his fall from grace toward the end of that arc in, mm -hmm. the, in those six issues. But yeah, you could do the same thing with this movie. You could do Hal Jordan's rise to hero, Sinestro's fall to villain, all in one thing. And, and, there's, they, and, and they run counter to each other. And there's your two stories, and that's all you have to worry about. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's all. They're complementary to each other, A and B, one, one together with the other. Mm hmm and you don't need anything else. Well, and Snyder Snyder has talked um, about both the standalone Batman and the standalone Superman story. Mm -hmm. And and we got confirmation from Kevin. Well, Kevin Smith says Jeff Johns told him and confirmed that he has been working on. There is a script that Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck have done for, for Batman. However, Snyder also said that. Uh, um, Affleck said that he's he only thinks about one project at a time, right? And so he's not thinking about anything with that because he's got another film he's working on right now, right? So and Snyder's comments about the Superman standalone were not particularly inspiring in terms of you know they didn't sound like they they didn't sound like there was a script or anything or that they well, was even decided to do nothing, or anything. Nothing Snyder says is inspiring for me. Yeah, I just. And I really, it's, it's such a shame because I really do. His Dawn of the Dead really was fun. It was actually a really good remake. Mm. And it was, that was uh, before success corrupted him, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I will I will defend Watchmen as being the best we could have hoped for as a feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, it, it really should be a much longer project. It should be a, a miniseries, six, six or eight episodes or whatever. But for a feature, I think he did. A, I think he did a fine job. I, well, I, and we also got the uh, the announcement. You know, talk about heroes. Mm -hmm. uh, we we got uh, the announcement today that Freeform, formerly ABC Family, right, uh, which is where Shadowhunters runs, mm -hmm. and they just announced a renewal for that the uh, season two pickup for Shadowhunters. Shadowhunters stars Catherine McNamara, which yes. who, she's from the Kansas City area, was in one of my movies. Yes, I'll say that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I'll I'll claim her. Um, and she, you know, I don't, even, I don't know that she'd even remember being in that film because she was so young, nine or ten years old. It was a long time, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, have we talked about my lawn yet? No. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so Freeform has announced today with Marvel the 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 upfronts, the advertiser upfronts are going on in New York right now. Right. And uh, a lot of information to it. When you can pay it, you have to pay attention to this. There's yeah, a lot of information. We probably in. need to be looking at a lot of that that we aren't. Yeah. But Freeform has announced that they are picking up a Marvel TV show, mm -hmm. Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, and it's going to be teenagers. I mean, it's 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 a YA which spin, is, which and, is completely appropriate yeah, because when the, when the characters first appeared, they were teenagers. So that's what they're going to do. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, which is an ABC Disney sure. property. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. But it also highlights, again, there's a TV universe. Yeah. And are they going to cross over? And are they going to cross over with the movie universe? Which is still problematic. And very confusing because for all that Marvel has gotten right, uh -huh. the just just from hearing... Once you get into people talking to people like Jeff Johns and some of the other folks involved on the on the DC side, the implication is that they're thinking of the movies and and the TV shows in the same multiverse. They're not yeah. saying in the, they're not playing in the same worlds, but they're, it's like it's all one multiverse. Yeah. 
and which means the fans can sit there and go crossover crossover crisis 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 give me a crossover we're already getting crossovers you know we got supergirl we got you know we started with flash and arrow and now it's flash and supergirl we will get we will get supergirl and arrow it will I would, happen i would expect next season and it it's not official yet but we're pretty much a done deal that we're going to get supergirl season 2 oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. with president linda carter i'm so excited to see that that's <laughs> going to be so much very... fun um but we will likely get Supergirl, Flash, Arrow crossover. I mean, all three shows will be involved. I would expect. Well, and wouldn't and for, that be fun for those who for those who want to and see it'll be episode eight? Because that's what they do with Flash, the Flash Arrow crossover every season. Yeah, that they've said is going to happen every season. Uh huh. It's always it's it's usually around episode eight. Oh, I didn't actually pay attention to that. There are the folks who want to see the dark. Detective, brooder hero versus the bright and sunny. Uh, uh-huh. We that's I want Ollie, <laughs> uh, Ollie and Kara. Super yeah, and Ollie and Kara, Kara. yeah, because well, just... Ollie and Barry even. I mean, oh, cause, I know because but... Barry's got that vibe too. That sure, that... but but that's but that's also there's. But you're right, Supergirl. It's uh, yeah, that it's, would be a, that would be a great. It's contrast. the Superman, Batman, and you mm-hmm. know, Ollie is Ollie is TV's Batman. Right. Yep. Um, and so having the two of them, because I was watching the fight scene from the Arrow episode, um, I should have gone to bed at a reasonable time, but I, I made myself watch it because I was like, I, I just, I'm. Sometimes you just have to watch the thing. Sure. Um, yep. and sleep. And I've got a ton that I've got to catch up on sleep. too. Sleep. So. Uh, and I'm watching the fight scenes, and I'm going, you know, you could just, you actually could overlay. The Bat Family mm-hmm. over these characters. Just, well, just, half of them are there as it is. Digitally now. add them in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, but it's it's something I'm looking forward to. I think, and I think that if they if the if the DC folks, if Jeff Johns really is the guy putting his hand on the on the tiller at this point, you know, who's sitting there going, okay, yeah, we hope that, and that the we case. we do hope that's the case because. I could see them us getting that crossover. I could see two different the movie flash and the TV flash on camera together, mm-hmm. and both of them just going, "How hey, cool is this? Yeah. You are completely different guys, and we're the same guy. This is awesome. You know, yeah. that'd be fun." So that's I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to now that now that Batman versus Superman is passed, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to the DC passed like a kidney stone. Looking I'm, well, yeah. I cannot <laughs> believe the drop in the the drop in, in ticket sales. Oh is yeah, just painful. I'm looking forward to everything else that's coming up. There's just something I mean, if it's done right. Well, yeah, and I think that I think that if we get into for all that we are hearing words coming out that you know it's like the Warner Brothers execs didn't learn anything from Batman versus Superman. Um, you know that somebody up there who you know they noticed the the drop in in ticket sales. They noticed. So it's going to have an impact, and but I, you know the the projects that are coming up. These are, however you feel about Snyder's take. These aren't Snyder's and the director on these other ones. But and he that, is, a, but he is a producer. Yeah, but you know what? We we we've been producers. We've and we've dealt with producers. Yeah. And there's times when the producer might sit there and go, you know, I think you should do this, and you go, well, yeah, you thought you should do that in Batman versus Superman. How did that work out? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to be over here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I don't know that it's going to play that way. Yeah, but Wonder Woman is in Wonder Woman is not 
really him leaning over their shoulder from what we can tell. Yeah. And I think I'm sure that the other parts will be as well. So I'm, you know, but the Marvel stuff, I'm looking, I liked Cloak and Dagger. And they're relatively obscure characters for most of the, the view, movie audience. Right. Because they weren't terribly huge characters. They had, their, they had their own series in the 80s. 80s and 90s, I think. Well, and they've interacted with oh, sure. X-Men and Avengers mm-hmm. and Spider-Man. Because yeah, they're mutants, and, yeah. and they've got the whole... Um, although, can we call them mutants? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I would wonder. They'll be in another oh, human branch. Unless this is part of the new Fox deal. Mm-hmm. And we don't have details on that yet, so... Which actually... That's a very good question because their larger interaction, I think, at this point for the last. Although it depends on how. how because it you've written. got Legion, you get Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. That are the two Fox properties, the X Men properties that are going to be on TV. Yeah, but they aren't running on ABC. No, they're running on Fox channels, which uh-huh. of course, right? But if Fox made a deal with Marvel in order to get those TV shows, mm-hmm. and. After Apocalypse, all the X-Universe stuff and Fantastic Four goes back to Marvel, similar to what Sony did with Spider-Man. Now, Brian Singer says he will keep making X-Men movies as long as they let him. So he's, I mean, the rumor mill was that, that it was done. Right. He said that, from what he's said, that that's not the case. Or at least, or at least well, he's interested in making more films. That, at least, is you know, the case. Well, and, and you look at the deal with Sony, um, what's-her-name that's producing with Feige? Right was at Sony before right. she had to to resign as 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 a fallout from all of the the email hack. Mm-hmm. What was her name? I can't remember her oh, name. Oh goodness, I recall either. But she's a producer mm-hmm. on the Spider-Man movie that's coming out from Marvel Studios. Right. That Sony's overseeing, quote unquote so called. And yeah, it, so there's still Sony involvement mm-hmm. and Fox could be doing the same thing. Maybe maybe Marvel Studios says, "Okay, We'll take it, Fox, and you can take a look, and Fox will sit there and go, okay, we'll let you make it, we'll take all the monies, and, mm-hmm. but you got to let Brian, you got to give Brian the option of keep uh, uh, to keep going. Sure. And maybe that's part of the deal. I don't know. We'll have to see. Speaking of keeping going, this Hugo thing just will not die. And we're going to talk about that at the break. Yeah. Let's take a break. We're going to refill coffee. In our new metal steins, or whatever you want to call them, and uh, and on the on the other side of the break, there are developments in the puppies, mm. the Hugos, mm. and the dragons, mm. and we will talk about that right after this word from superherostuff.com, where you can get all sorts of merchandise. They are a sponsor here, and we are getting very close. To episode 115, we're going to give away a hero box. Right now, they're running a Captain America Civil War hero box. Where you basically buy the box and you get stuff in the box. I don't know what it's going to be when we give it away, but we're going to give away a hero box on episode 115. That's coming soon. So we're going to take a break, refill coffee, and be back right after this. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 
Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com! From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com! Where heroes shop. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back, and so is our discussion of each and every episode as we gather down in the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters. Join us for recaps, analysis, and discussion, with a few digressions along the way, and you do have security clearance to listen. Level 117 every week, part of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, only on SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. This is meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention, be sure to check the weather. We have the latest forecast on the conventions page every week at SciFiForMe.com. Back on H2O, Jason Hunting along with Timothy Harvey. Hi there. And here we go. Uh, Beginning-ish of our coverage of the Hugo Awards. Yes. Well, okay. A little background. We have been in discussion with the Mid-American 2 people who are going to be hosting. The Mid-American 2 is the science fiction literature comic con thing event here in Kansas City that's going to host Worldcon, science fiction, the World Science Fiction Convention, right? which is where the Hugo Awards are going to be. And we're talking to them about what kind of coverage we're going to be able to provide. Right. You know, content that we're going to generate. And that's a lot of it's still up in the air, just, you know, resources and facilities and personnel and manpower and all that. But it's good discussions and, and, they're, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we it's, like them and good. they like us and everything's, everything's going on. Now, in the midst of all of this, there is still controversy because yes. Sad Puppies 4 has been going on. This is the new recommendation list uh, organized by Kate Polk. And uh, I don't know who else is on this. Uh, Sarah Hoyt, I think, is helping. It, basically, it's all women are organizing Sad Puppies 4 this year. Mm-hmm. Now, the list is out, the recommendation list, which is not a slate because nobody's saying, vote for these people. Right. It's not a slate. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's the exact same thing that Scalzi does every year. Here's the list, guys. Think about these guys. Scalzi is actually on the Sad Puppies 4 list, mm-hmm. to which he responds, you blankety-blankety-blankety-blankety. Okay. You, being a filmmaker, mm-hmm. Mr. Harvey, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to posit a hypothetical. Sure. I want you to think hypothetically with me here. We're going mm-hmm. to speak the hypothetical language of hypothetical, right? I shall consider this. Planet hypothetic. Hypothetica. 
Would a hypothetic or hypothetical? See, all right, I'm, I'm coming to the wall. You are coming, coming to the wall. To the wall. So. All right. So, Mr. Harvey, you have put together a work. Yes. Let's say you've written a book. Okay. And and you left us Kami Pinko written a book I... that doesn't have anything to do with leftist Kami Pinko thoughts. Okay? Uh-huh. You've just written a book. Right. Now, me, being the right-winger nut that I am, uh-huh. I've read your book. Uh-huh. I liked your book. I okay. thought the story was pretty good. I thought, sure. hey, this is a mm-hmm. good book. I think it deserves an award. Okay. What are you going to say? Well, I tell you what, not what that response was. <laughs> I mean, really? Well, and I, and I, I mean, think here's, here's the problem. I think the problem is that because this has gotten so, it got so ugly that there is, it almost has to be, and you don't want to do this because this is a dangerous thing to do. You almost want to burn the whole thing to the ground. That's what happened last year. No, 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 no. I mean, like, basically scrap the whole thing and say we're starting over from scratch, which you really can't do with the Hugo Awards. It's the Hugo Awards. Well, okay. There are some people that would sit there and say, because it's the Hugo Awards, so? Because the weight of a Hugo Award, Mm -hmm. that stamp on the book, winner of the Hugo Award, doesn't mean what it used to mean to some people. Well, yeah. It's to some people, especially of late, the the stamp Hugo Award winner means I'm going to stay away from this book because it's going to preach at me something. I, I I want a story. I don't want a sermon. To some people, that's that's sure, some people's right. perception. Other people sit there and say, well, just because it's been nominated for a Hugo Award doesn't mean that it's any good mm-hmm. because you know quality of the craft and such. I'm looking at you, if you were a dinosaur, my love. <clears throat> did you ever read that? I did not. You need to read it. It is crap. Well, but again... And then you've got the complaint that, how dare you, wrong fans, nominate me for an award without my permission? I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does the Locus Awards ask permission... Before recommending or well, nominating, but hang, or hang on, hang on, hang on. Does the Nebula well, Awards but, but, do but, that? But especially last year, where it was so unpleasant. Yeah, but we're not talking about last year because the process this year it's it's every man for himself. Nominate, give us your list of recommendations. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've taken all of these recommendations, they've collated them, sure, and said in order. This is how many, whatever we got, and there's the list. Right. Okay. It's not. It's not. Vote for these guys. It's not. There's just five. It's. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, this this massive list. Mm-hmm. Here's all the people that got recommended. This is not nominees. Mm-hmm. This right. is a recommendation. You should read these. And there's a mix of everybody sure. from all different stripes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, in in the authors. And then you've got people going. Well, I don't want to be nominated by these people because it taints me. Well, but that. But you know what? They get to make that decision. They get but, to make yes. Hold uh, on, okay, no, 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 nobody, nope, no nope. other awards service in any in any of the in any of the awards on any any stripe any any thought or anything. None of them ask permission. Could I could I recommend you for an award, please? What are you going to say? But but if they don't want to be nominated by these guys, 
they get to not want to be nominated by these guys. Well, you can decline the nomination, but go. we haven't even gotten to that point yet. Well, but you know what? This Some, is like, I don't even want to be on your we list. We have so I many. I did, I, okay, but coot, it's cooties. Hold on, hold on, hold on. As nasty as it got last year, uh-huh. quite frankly, on either side, I completely understand that. But see, the thing about it is, though, the people who are declining to be on any recommendation list. Mm-hmm are on one side because look okay if Skull, if i were to write a book mm-hmm. me being the right winger nut and if skulls okay, no, no politics goes into this yeah it is it is because you look at the people that are on either side of this it is politics are playing into it it may not be the biggest thing but say because scalzi and i are completely different sides of the aisle mm-hmm. say i write a book Scalzi mm-hmm. likes the book. Mm-hmm. Scalzi recommends the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit there and say, how dare you recommend my book for an award? Because you, you, we don't agree politically. So what? Well, but okay, but you weren't in the middle. We were, we were outside it. We were observers looking in. No, I get that. But if you, if you and Scalzi were part of this last year at the Hugos and as nasty as that got, I don't think you can look at me and tell me that you would accept that nomination from him. Because it was as personal as it got. Right. As per, and I'm, you know, left or right, whatever. But if you're, if you're, if your recommendation process ostensibly is. Emotion, but uh, blah, whatever. Emotions are involved and it got so nasty. It did. And so unpleasant on both sides. And, and quite frankly, and, and. And I tell you what, that Noah Ward guy. Yeah. Noah just needs to just sit this one out this year. Well, that would you be know, great. Somebody just, just, just that would be great. Chuck them away, tie them up, and stick them in the closet. But Mr. Ward does not need to make an appearance this year so if because they, if you want to talk about voting in lockstep, twenty five hundred people voting no award in multiple categories, no matter who was nominated. Yeah, you talk about burning it to the ground. They pretty much almost did last year. Well, and I think there's something to be said if they had pushed it, and I, I, I'm, I'm not recommending this, and I, it's probably a terrible idea, but there's part of me that wanted to see it that way, where it really crashed and burned see, so bad. See, and that bad, doesn't surprise me. It, it crashed and burned so bad that you almost had to go from the ground up again and sit there and go, okay, this 2015 was the year we went off the rails, mm-hmm. and 2016 we've been rebuilding, and, and because awards awards are a funny thing. You know, the Oscars... The, you know, everyone talks about the Oscars. Well, I mean, but the Oscars becoming, you know, but but the Oscars wax and wane for how, whether or not they're actually a, a viable award right. and the People's Choice. I mean, all this but is, look all, at but look at how they did it last year. Look at the way they acted, the behavior they had with the whole asterisk thing. Look, I whole, mean, whole, that was that was crass. I am all like I said. I almost wanted it to completely collapse, and it almost did. So that you, I mean, and. and that's all that's taking the political analogy left or right everyone sits there and goes well i almost wish mm-hmm. that so and so was in charge so that everyone can see just how wrong they are yeah and and some, somebody else sits there and goes well you do realize that we'd have x number of years of you know awfulness well it would prove well no it wouldn't because people don't work that way so and i think so unfortunately it would be the same thing with this yeah i am this is the year that we have to read everything. This is the year we have to sit there and go, okay, that's the book. These are the nominations. These are the nominees. I got to read this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Because 
it has become it really has become this this dramatic question well, and, of, is this any good and and Catherine Valentine mm-hmm. uh, Val, Valenti I okay. think yeah Catherine Valenti she also is on this recommendation list and right. she also feels slimy she's she's conflicted mm-hmm. it's like well you know if if I take them at their word you know being generous if I take them at their word this is just a recommendation list mm-hmm. and she's she's approaching it from the standpoint of the whole hashtag not my, not your shield type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, basically we're going to recommend some of these leftist commie pinko writers just to just to mix it up to show that, oh, we have a mix. Right. Sure. Right. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, I don't want to be nominated for that. When you've got everybody in the comment field on all of these sites sitting there saying, I'm not going to nominate something I don't like. Whereas you've got people like Steve Davidson over at Amazing Stories basically saying – Burn it to the ground because right. we have wrong fans in the room, you know. And and he's he's actually doing that. I mean, I'm going to take issue with a lot of stuff that Steve Davidson is writing because I think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he's being elitist in some of his in some of his viewpoints. Um, I think, but having said that, I go back to what Greg Cox said when we were talking about you know science fiction as literature and all of that on one of our one of our earlier podcasts. The fact that this whole feudism has been going on since the very beginning. Oh, sure. Because back then, it was true fans versus new fans. You know, there was right. the, the, yeah. the whole you know the the new the new fans versus the traditionalists. Or what? I mean, there there was groups back then, even even in the twenties. Sure. So this is nothing new. No. But the political aspect of it, the social political aspect of it, I think is stronger now, and that's what's making it more of a kerfuffle, let me say. Um, well, okay. We Politely. Have, we have two things happening here, and one is that we've got the instant communication thing of the internet, right? So we have the – we have the. It's, this isn't the day of the, the, the fanzines. Right. Where you had to like wait a month in between communications, and then you were reading somebody's letter that they wrote and mm-hmm. mailed to yeah. someone. Uh, now it's instant, and the problem with instant is that you get angry, and you don't write angry, kids. And don't write yeah, angry. Yeah, you don't, can't take that out. Don't write. Don't away. drive angry. Don't drink angry. Don't write angry. Right. And everybody writes angry on the internet, and then they leave it up there, no matter what it is, because they've written it and they said, "Well," and they, they uh, the next day they look at it and go, "Wow, I was a jerk." <laughs> ah, too late. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. So, and and. I, look, I'm a big fan of everyone being of everyone's uh, recognizing that their feelings matter and that expressing your feelings is a good thing. Um, no, it's not. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I spent years in therapy. I'm a big fan of expressing my feelings when it's proper, when it's when when it it's the right way. But um, I'm also an editor and a writer. Mm-hmm. Nothing I post anywhere is not edited at least once. It's like oh sure I mean you've face- got to go through stuff. I write a thing on Facebook where I talk about I'm you know a funny thing that happened and I'm re- I I will sit there and type through it and go I can move that word over there and it's funnier so mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it even that so so it's a, it's, well, it's this instant feedback we're very polarized politically right now yeah and I have lost count of how many times I have sat there wanting to rant about something oh sure and like. 
Nope, not and, gonna do well, it. Well, and 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 I I do a little ranting on Facebook right now because we're in the political season, and I have I have. You'll you'll note that I have not expressed my own political who I am planning on voting for. I have expressed who I would prefer that nobody votes for, mm-hmm. um, but I have not said who I am going to vote for. And I don't think we should. Well, and I don't think it's because as if if we're going to be quote unquote journalists. Oh, yeah. I mean, in well, the broad sense. Well, it's not going to happen on here, but I mean, I mean, yeah. just in, in terms of my own my own postings for my own li- personal life. Out there, you're I, you're you're taking a chapter from Ted Koppel's book because Koppel didn't even tell his wife how he voted. I, yes, to some degree that's it, and some of it is that right now, as, as we as we pointed out, I'm I'm of the liberal bent. Um, right now, the people that I, the the people there's there is an there's bad blood between every candidate out there. Right. Nobody's being nice to each other. And I'm wondering how much of that is show and how much of that is real, on either side. I mean, I mean not not any particular candidate, but all of them. I think to some degree there's always there's always an element of showmanship because if you are going to be a good politician, mm-hmm. you got to have a little bit of showman in you, and you can tell which ones are not. Yeah. And but at the same time, um, you don't want it to be some th- something uh, blah blah yeah. blah. Some things don't matter, but the thing is that we are so primed for this right now, and I don't know. I, in some degree. The this year, the Hugos are up against the fact it's an election year. Well, so everybody's politics is yeah, not only on their sleeve, um, but it's going to get so ugly. But not only that, mm-hmm. but we have this announcement dated April fourth. Yep, coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and folks over at DragonCon. DragonCon have t- they, they've stolen our thunder. Well. They've, they've given themselves the chance to make mistakes first. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> during, during last year's Hugo mess, we were talking at one point, and we were speculating, wouldn't it be fun if, if, there, was just an, if there was an award that was all fan-driven, right. and we had specific categories, and we made a list, and we were doing this, and we came up with the idea for the Polaris Awards. Right. And it's still a good idea. It's still a good idea. Because because for the folks who who didn't catch that earlier, the 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 problem with the Hugos was that they the people involved found a way, whether you agree with it or not, they found a legitimate way to work the system mm-hmm. in the way that they thought would be advantageous. And some people would say that Tor owns the system, right? So, so whether or not you agree with what they did, they looked at the system and went, "Hey, we could do this." It was a completely, and there were no rules against it, right? Um, so, this from April fourth, the Dragon Awards. Mm-hmm. This is a new thing: Dragon Awards to recognize excellence in fiction, comics, gaming, TV, and movies. Fan focused process will recognize the best science fiction properties in fifteen categories. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Con, this is from the press release, Atlanta's internationally known pop culture, fantasy, sci-fi, and gaming convention announced the introduction of the Dragon Awards, a program of fan-chosen awards to recognize outstanding achievement in science fiction and fantasy literature, comics, gaming, and filmed entertainment. Now, I'm going to go down because I don't want to go through all of this. Of course. But the categories for 2016. Now, everything that's eligible for the Hugos this year Mm -hmm. is eligible for this. Okay. So you can nominate 
anything off of that, anything eligible for a Hugo will also be eligible for a dragon. Okay, sure. Best science fiction novel. Mm-hmm. Best fantasy novel. They've broken those out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good idea. Best young adult middle grade novel. They've broken that out. Okay, sure. Best military science fiction or fantasy. Okay. Best alternate history novel. Okay. I mean, they're getting specific in this yeah, in sure. subgenres stuff. Best apocalyptic novel. Mm-hmm. Best horror novel. Mm-hmm. They've broken that out. Mm-hmm. Best comic book. Best graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Because those are separate. Those are different. Best episode in a continuing science fiction or fantasy series, TV or internet. Okay. That that opens up quite a bit. It does Because indeed. internet. Best science fiction or fantasy movie. Best science fiction or fantasy PC console game. Okay. Best science fiction or fantasy mobile game. Mm-hmm. Best science fiction or fantasy board game. Mm-hmm. Best science fiction or fantasy miniatures collectible card role playing game. Mm-hmm. See how specific they got? They got very specific. They got very specific. This is in in conjunction with Dragon Con's 30th anniversary this year. Good timing. Now, it should be noted that when you click on the announcement in the Dragon Con website, mm-hmm. the background image are flames. We've burned the Hugos to the ground and rising up from the ashes, the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Brad Torgerson, who was one of the architects of the whole Sad Puppies thing a while right. back, yeah, um, who's married to somebody who's not white and mm-hmm. has been called racist. Sure. Right, sure. He married her just for the shield, right? Okay, so anyway, so he, he writes on Facebook today, the final nail in the coffin of the Hugo Awards. Looks like the Dragon Award is basically going to be doing everything Sad Puppies was hoping to get the Hugos to eventually do, but Dragon Con is doing it without having to wade through all the histrionic, caterwauling drama that resulted from the self-appointed defenders of Worldcon correctness and propriety throwing the genre's all-time biggest temper tantrum. That's Brad Torgerson saying that. Sure. And, you know, 2,500 people voting in lockstep. That was a temper, a temper tantrum. It was. Because I, I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. I, we, mm-hmm. I, I live blogged it. Right. And I watched the Hugo Awards last year. And it was. The, the behavior that I observed just online was probably not even as intense as what some people were reporting from the floor actually in the room. Sure. But when you have people cheering for no award almost all the time then it, something smells there's something rotten in Denmark whether it's everybody decided to do it all together or everybody individually just did it on their own or whatever something's broken oh yeah the no there's definitely broken and and is you know i i was it it inspires a certain amount of emotional reaction that an award show shouldn't have to inspire. Right. And so much of that was personalities. And I'm, I am, as much as I don't always agree with the sad puppies, it was the extreme set. It's those other puppies. The rabid puppies. The rabid puppies. Who, I mean, I, I got angry 
because of some of the stuff that those people were writing. And because it's you know, and and, and just the reaction the reaction that, that I think some of these folks are getting to the to the more liberal side of things, that extreme that extreme stuff happening out of them. Mm-hmm. Um but then you had people like George R. R. Martin who were fairly moderate in tone. Well, I, th- I, th- I think I think we ran into a problem here, and I think that hopefully we, this, is, this is something that this year will not get, and maybe Dragon Con will be the, the 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 Dragon Awards will be the impetus to make this shift more so in the Hugos. The problem with the Hugos is that anything that gets changed has to be nominated one year. And then it has to be voted on and ratified the next year. Well, they'll, they'll, so it's going to be a long drag, well, drag out process. I think it can. I think it can be. They can, you can figure out a way to make it quicker. But the the legitimate complaints or legitimate concerns, whatever, however, this originally began. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that it it got personal very quickly. Oh yeah, and it got personal very quickly and public. It wasn't just me saying, "Jason, you're a twit. <laughs> Your book sucks, and you should not get an award." Um, or, you know what? Um, look, I I feel that your political views are influencing your voting, and right. you're not thinking about the quality. You're just thinking about whether or not this person thinks like you, or acts like you, or looks like you, or whatever it is. Yeah, and there was a lot of that going back and, and as forth. As soon as it got personal, yeah. Because it doesn't matter how talented you are or how we're all we're all people mm. and you hurt my feelings. Right. In the era of instant feedback. <laughs> oh yeah. Well and and in some in some cases and not not just with the Hugos, and we've talked about this before, there is an entire generation of people and and I'm seeing it on this MTV thing. There's an entire generation of people who are primed to be insulted by something. They are itching to be insulted by something because they've been conditioned that way. That, this, this internet thing has, has rendered us all so – well, look at what was going on with that uh, – and I don't remember what campus it was. You, somebody wrote – Trump in chalk on on sidewalks, mm-hmm. and people were emotionally dramatized. They need safe spaces. So World War Two, eighteen year olds were going off to war and dying, and you're eighteen year olds and you're going into college and you see well, a, you see the different. name of somebody and you go, I can't take it. As, <laughs> Trigger warning. As I, mean, I recall, as I recall, that turns out that that story was actually a little more exaggerated from what was going on. Might, but might be, but my point is, we are now a generation of babies well, see, who I, whine and well, complain and, see, and I, get your feelings hurt I, about any little thing. And You've I been disagree conditioned with to do I that. disagree with that because what again we come back to the fact that the, the the only voices we are hearing are the ones who are yelling. We're not hearing the vast majority of people. The 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 twenty four hour news cycle has not given us the considered news story. It's given us the instant feedback. It's the Twitter the news. The sensational stuff. So we are and I getting, get that. And we are getting all the instant stuff. So you can have an entire campus full of people and five complain and twenty five thousand other students well, go, What are you doing? Look what happened to the University of Missouri. Well, the University of I mean, Missouri that was that was that was a mess. Well, yeah, and it's still a mess because we have uh, we have a, a legislature who's trying to cut funding over. It's like, are you stupid? 
do you care about education? You're going to cut funding because you didn't like what they did? That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. But that, but it's an election year, mm-hmm. and all this stuff, bam, bam, yep. you know, everything's it, driven it, everything's by politics right now. Yeah. So I get it. You become this. <laughs> it's you want to reach up, and not only it's one person you want to grab and go, they're there. It's going to be okay. Another person you want to grab and go, I'm sorry, I have to hit you now. I just want to shake all of them. And the the thing is, is that figuring out which one you want to sit yeah. there and go there, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It's unfortunate because we are always getting the yellers. We're and, and it doesn't matter if it's politics or religion or the Hugos or something. The loudest people are almost always the ones you don't want to listen to. Yeah. Well, we're not going to be loud. No, no. And hopefully, we'll be reasonable. We'll have and, we'll have lots of opportunity to talk more about this and, and have our own our own personal opinions, which we will discuss yes. about the books that yes. are nominated. Yes, um, I I started to read one, but I, I haven't I haven't because there is not a nomination list yet. Right, the, yeah. the nominees aren't there. It's going to be finding the time to read them. What uh, what, um, what Scalzi book was nominated? I haven't. I don't. I, know. Don't, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. The last thing I read of it was uh, Richard. It was a so. recommend. I think it was one or of a his, recommendation. I, sorry. I think it was one of. His, I think it was the latest old man's war oh, okay. book. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm guessing. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, it, as always, we invite you to comment, share your thoughts, your your opinions on anything that we talk about. Sure. Uh, uh, we want to hear Hugo Awards, Wonder Woman, uh, Star Wars, any of that. The email address h two o at com. Uh, or you can leave a comment on all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr. And you can leave a comment on our main site, which is scifiheardme.com. Uh, also, don't don't forget, uh, check out horrorforme.com. We've got some stuff that's starting to roll out a little bit at a time. It's uh, it's a small trickle right now, but hopefully we'll get it uh, yeah, get it a little bit more we'd steady. We'd like, like it to build up a lot more. Uh, and, uh, and, as, and if you want to, uh, if you have any interest in being a contributor... Uh, we are always looking for volunteers. There is a uh, there's a place in in the about us section where mm-hmm. you can offer your your expertise, your insight. We, we do this because we like it, and That's we have a great, great time. And we would like if you want to come play, we'd love to hear from you. And we do it because we have coffee, and we have cool coffee mugs. Yes, and uh, and, and we'll we'll be back to talk about our coffee and our coffee mugs and stuff, and and some other kind of topic. Next week on another episode of H2O, I want to thank everybody for listening. As always, uh, of course, you can listen to other uh, podcasts here on uh, Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, Mr. Harvey. Always a pleasure, sir. My name is Jason Hunt. On behalf of all of us here at Sci-Fi for Me, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, if you're listening on iTunes, rate and share. Uh, we do invite you to share it anyway. And we will be back next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 